0: Welcome to The Big Rich Show. This podcast will focus on conversations with friends and acquaintances within the four-wheel drive industry. Many of the people that I will be interviewing, you may know the name, you may know some of the history, but let's get in depth with these people and find out what truly makes them a four-wheel drive enthusiast. So now's the time to sit back, grab a cold one, and enjoy our conversation. Whether you're
1: crawling the Red Rocks of Moab or hauling your toys to the trail, Maxis has the tires you can trust for performance and durability. Four wheels or two. Maxis tires are the choice of champions because they know that whether for work or play, for fun or competition, Maxis tires deliver. Choose Maxis.
0: Dread victoriously. Why should you read Forlow Magazine? because 4Low Magazine is about your lifestyle, the four-wheel drive adventure lifestyle that we all enjoy. Rock crawling, trail riding, event coverage, vehicle builds, and do-it-yourself tech all in a beautifully presented package. You won't find 4Low on the newsstand rack, so subscribe today and have it delivered to you. Okay, we are here today with Kenny Bloom, a competitor that's been around for many years and we are happy to have you on. Kenny, what kind of influences did you have growing up that got you to where you're at today?
1: A bunch all
0: good, but from
1: like the youngest age, my neighbors had a old CJ five and we used to borrow it once in a while to go do dump runs and stuff like that. So me and my dad driving to the dump in a CJ five with no top You know, that was kind of cool as a kid. You know, I probably didn't even have seatbelt. I don't remember, but I probably didn't. Probably didn't at that age. That was a long time ago. Yeah. And then, you know, we'd go to the lake too. Like everybody would go to the lake and one of their friends had a tunnel boat with a V-drive and a big block and zoomies. And they towed that there with a Jeep. So as a kid, think about the toys you see in Walmart. You know, how cool is that? And my neighbors have a Jeep that tows a drag boat, you know, to the lake. So that was an influence. When I was... 10 I talked my dad into dragging an old craftsman red lawnmower out of the neighbor's barn. And this thing was like really old, probably 60s vintage and maybe even 50s. They had hard plastic tires that were bald and there was no disengagement on the blade. So they soon decided it was unsafe for me to use mowing it. So I convinced them to let me cut the blade off because I couldn't get the nut off. Uh, and I cut that blade off with I don't know how many hacksaw blades, but I got it off because I was a determined kid. And that was my transportation. And I would go in the woods and I would drive the little trails that I used to walk and uh, go four wheeling with this little riding lawnmower that I think it was kind of spooled, if you want to call it that. And then pretty soon that wasn't good enough. So I was taking wood screws and screwing them into the hard plastic tires to give me more traction. And I kept doing that. And eventually I could do wheelies with it and stuff. And of course, that's cool. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, as things escalated, I think at thirteen I got my first dirt bike and I used to go riding on trails that I uh, hiked as a Boy Scout. And that was my freedom. I would leave for the day. I would push that sucker a mile and a half up the road to get to the trails. Later found out mom and dad were sure I was hopping on it and driving it as soon as I got out of eyesight or earsight. But I figured the mother mothers have a coalition of allegiance and they rat you out, you know. So oh, yeah, I always, yeah, I always walk the bike just to make sure I could keep enjoying the bike Um, and i'd walk it to the trailhead and me and my buddy mark would take off and we'd ride all over the place we'd go to swimming holes 20 miles away we'd go by girls houses and pick them up and go do stuff um just had a blast with that and then uh you know fast forward i started riding snowmobiles with my dad we we finally got two for the family at about age 13 and i did a lot of that you know that's Got some go fast dirt ride tendencies because you're reading the train, going as fast as you dare and trying to keep up with fast guys and everything. So that's kind of cool. Um, and then I got into having cars and uh, working firewood business. Working firewood, I was driving equipment off-road. Some of it had tracks. Some of it was old farm trucks. Some of it was half-ton pickup trucks. But you're bombing around off-road getting firewood. You know, when the ground's frozen, you can do amazing things. When it's muddy, you might get stuck and be there all night, pulling it out with chains and come along. Got into high school, had cars. I'd still go four wheeling with them. I'd go to swimming holes. I'd park next to the Jeeps and the Broncos, and they'd look at me and say, How'd you get up here? Is there another road? And I was like, No, I drove it up here. You know, and it was just about picking a line and having momentum and
0: and pulling the hill and all that stuff. So, so what was your first car? Some of that. 69 opal cadet oh there, there you
1: go a buddy of mine had yeah, one of those yeah, it was kind of cool because the the front seats both pivoted at the front and hinged forward all the way against the dash which yep. made for a really uh, roomy back seat in case that was needed for anything.
0: <laughs> i had a 54 volkswagen bug with no back seat mm. i put, put, go, a, put a platform back there carpeted it yeah perfect in a roll cage <laughs> so uh those are some of my beginnings and then i think
1: i was a senior in high school and i was about eight I used to go parking all the time on this little dirt road down the road from her house and it snowed that night that didn't stop us and um i got my car stuck in the snow so it slid into the ruts on this little dirt road and so i had to walk her home before her parents got home and then i had to also leave before her parents got home And I ended up walking home like eight miles in the snow and dogs barking. And I'm worried if I'm gonna get attacked by dogs and everything. But anyway, I made it home. I told my neighbor about it after that. He was one of the firewood guys, and we went and towed it out in the morning. Had to explain to mom and dad why I walked home. That was fun too. Um, But you know, my my neighbor then, George, he says, Kenny, by God, if there's anybody I know that needs a Jeep, it's you. Get yourself a Jeep, you won't regret it. And then pretty soon I started shopping. By the time I was 18, uh, I think I was out of high school, but it was my first year of college. I bought
0: my first CJ five, nice, and uh, but, you know, and I went from there. You know. The CJ five did have a V eight. It was a seventy one
1: CJ five with a new tub. It was a father son project. Had the two twenty five V six uh, T fourteen transmission and a worn overdrive. And nice. we, as kids, we used to drag drag racing around on the street with other kids and. I had my buddy trained to shift the overdrive while I shifted the other one, you know, so we could do all the speed shifting, first, first high, second, second high. That was pretty cool. <laughs> we could do wheelies with, if you got it just right. It was on Armstrong True Tracks, which I bought for it. it came with I radio. Love, when we it, I, I love. I yeah. love those tires. They were they the tire. Best snow
0: tire I've ever wheeled in.
1: Yeah. So I had that for a while, and then uh, that got involved in a wreck. And I rebuilt it, but then I ended up getting i don't know those things nickel and diamond meat with it and by this time, I was well into college and uh I convinced myself to buy a scrambler with nine thousand miles on it. so I bought that started uh, you know. after a while, I got to anna forty fours and then I started mud drag racing it in Coliseums um and then I started blowing the back I had a fourteen bolt in the back and a forty four up front, and I don't know I had forty twos and a tunnel ram and nitrous and blah blah blah. Uh, <laughs> fun. But they were changing the rules. They were changing the rules where you could run a DOT tire, but you could cut it, and that's when cut groundhogs came into play and basically made a paddle tire out of me. You took him down to canvas, and I uh, I built a two chassis car and mom and dad's drive outside in the cold. I guess it was mostly summer. Uh, But the car weighed 2,040 pounds with a steel 355. And um, it was very competitive. And we had a great season with it. Uh, We raced it all year, and we were nationally ranked in points. Um, But by that time, I knew I was moving to Florida for work, and it was time to sell it. So I sold it, and that was the first down
0: payment on my house. Okay. Where, since you brought up moving to Florida, where did you have the CJ5? Where'd you grow up? Grew up in Connecticut,
1: a little town called Colchester, twenty miles from everywhere.
0: Which was good.
1: Yeah, I am a Yankee. (laughs) I probably should sometimes. Uh, It was good because it was rural, and there was all kinds of. uh, There was old railroad beds. There was power lines. There was lots of things to do, uh, go wheeling, And, and it wasn't shut down yet to vehicles and stuff. You know, it was pretty open at that. Um, some of those trails are there now, and they're devoted hiking trails, bicycles, horses, no motorized vehicles. And I go hiking there with my mom and my son, and, and show them, hey, I blaze that trail. This one that cuts down here and goes across the river, and we made that
0: on our dirt bikes.
1: You know, nice, those, like, 15, yeah. So that's kind of cool.
0: Awesome. So once you got to Florida, you got a house. You, you then you uh, you got out of Wheeling for a while.
1: I did. I got a little domestic. Um, yeah, uh, you know, fell in love all that good stuff. I bought a sailboat. I had a catamaran sailboat, um, which I used recreationally, but I also raced it a little bit. That was kind of fun. Um, there's all kinds of engineering things going on at once, you know, reading the sails and the wind and the water ripples and trying to figure out what your next move is. And you're going to take the guy out on the inside or the outside and all that kind of stuff. Who's going to check it out going around the pin? You know, it's kind of fun. Uh, I did that, but then I got bored in the mechanized sense and I ended up building a Austin Healy kit car replica, which was a lot of fun. Uh, nice. Yeah. And I hated bodywork and this was thing all gel coated and polished. It was beautiful. And I just had to put it together and put the drivetrain in it. And that had a steel three fifty five um aluminum heads, weighed twenty four fifty. It was stupid fast. I had seven hundred R four that was built and um it was a lot of fun. And That's you lived. Yeah. I was still enjoying
0: life. And uh, yeah, oh, it was a
1: good little
0: cutter. One thing I just realized, when you talked about the CJ5, the first vehicle, you said it was involved in a wreck. And you just kind of, like, passed that over real quick. Um, well, it's,
1: inc- it's incriminating for a friend of mine. But oh, okay. He'll get over it. But, yeah. <laughs> I-, I was at a... Uh, an after party for a wedding reception. One of my high school buddies, Boy Scout buddies, got married. Actually, it was his older brother got married. And one of the guys, I'll just call him Kurt G., he uh, he got hammered. So they took his keys and they put him in a bedroom so he could sleep it off and stuff. And he crawled out the window and he had a spare key hidden in his wallet. And he took off in his Monte Carlo and had to show off that he conquered the world and, you know, snuck out and got in his car and left anyway. And he peeled off out of there and drove straight into my parked CJ and literally punted it up onto the neighbor's lawn, you know, broke the front axle, bent the frame a little bit, nerfed defender. fender.
0: Um, so it, nothing, you weren't in the car, so that's good at least. I wasn't even in the car. So
1: Sorry. no no risk of injury to me, uh, a little embarrassing for my buddy. Took my Jeep off the road for a few months while I had to rebuild it. I think we've all had buddies that have done that. Something yeah. similar to that. Yeah. So that happened. But, you know, then I got some – I got a better front axle. I got some fiberglass fenders. So I bought some, some all-terrain – no, mud-terrain tires, you know, radials. They were just coming out then. And uh, funny thing is I took out a sidewall on that, like, first couple of weeks I had it, too. <laughs> anyway.
0: So uh, back, to, uh, back to Florida. You uh, you got the Austin Healy kit car. Yeah. You got a house. Yeah. Were you Salvo. single? um well i was single for a little bit
1: um that was fun thing about that sailboat that was that was good for dating i'll just say that
0: i would imagine yeah uh
1: met my wife at work you know tina you've met her yep. and
0: uh yeah we got married
1: and then uh eventually moved up to tulsa northwest arkansas uh,
0: that's that. quite a that's quite a jump yeah it is you
1: know and um I was in a market down there, aviation, where what I was doing was awesome. I learned a lot, but it was a hellacious place to work, and it wasn't sustainable. They wanted me on the road uh, 20 days, 21 days a month minimum, and you just can't keep doing that. I was a family. Yeah. So it wasn't the kind of place where you could tap out and just say, I'm going to do something else. They just cut you loose. So I started looking for work, and I had some friends that were working at a company in Tulsa, and I ended up up there, and uh, that's how I got to the area. Okay. And that's worked out for me. I mean, aviation, it gets in your blood, and it's just another thing to be a gearhead about, you know. Do you fly as well? I'm not a pilot. I'm the guy that could land the plane if the pilot had a stroke, but uh, no, I'm not a pilot.
0: That's always a good skill to
1: have. (laughs) It is a good skill to have. I've done flight simulators. I've done hang gliding. Um, I've flown some ultralights, but there's no part of me that's remotely licensed. So okay. I did, I did fly an A380 um, simulator, landed it in Miami. That was kind of cool. That was just a couple nice. of years ago. I'll call that a perk at work. Perk at work. Any <laughs> <Kind of laughs> customers, and I got to like, latch on to the experience. Cool.
0: That's that would yeah. be
1: cool so that's what got me up here and then it was about let me think it was about 94 or so and uh, we got into boating and enjoyed the hell out of the summer boating and, and October came and we were kind of like what are we going to do for family fun and my wife who I'm sure still regrets this, said why don't you get another jeep you know you love jeeping so I bought another jeep and I think I actually bought two of them and I took all the best parts into the one I wanted to keep, and then sold the other one. And then that was uh, that was the CJ eighty four CJ seven, which got modified a little at a time, and it took me all the way to the first. Forgive me for using the other name, Supercrawl. Yeah. yeah, no worries. Two thousand and two. So nice. Um, yeah. So it kind of went from there and it, it, it's, you, know, you go trail riding on your 29 inch radials and you go, huh, maybe I should get a locker. Huh, maybe I should get some 33s. Huh, maybe I should get another locker. Coil springs would be nice. Yeah. You know, so you just start doing all these things. All that before light bars. I've never bought a light bar for an off-road vehicle. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, my truck, my tow rig had a nice light bar, but that was more for cosmetics. And I've had some as they should be. I guess my uh, my go fast my my dirt riot car had a light bar on it,
0: but I don't think that yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. So uh, you started uh, you started competing in two thousand and two at a super crawl. That was when Craig Stump was running super crawl. 2002 was my first year on a national level. I actually uh,
1: I started like in February or March out at the Johnson Valley, um, a last from the past. Uh, Mr. Hazel had some events back then. Yep, and Bob I went Hazel. Out there to, yeah. yeah, I went out there to run some of his events because um, I had run some of his locally in the middle of the country. So I knew him and I knew the product, and I had some successes there. And so I was like, Hey, bucket list, let me go out West and race with some of these famous people, you know? And, right. and I showed up and I did. And we didn't do awesome, but we didn't do bad. We, we finished about sixth or seventh in that first event. Um, but I mean, we're rubbing elbows with uh, Walker. Um, Schaefer. Tracy. Uh, I don't know if Schaefer was there. Shannon was there. Walker, Chris Durham, Joel Randall. Uh, uh who the hell's the other guy that used to run around with uh tracy in the early days the hydraulic toyota Um don, don robinson yeah don robinson was there uh jason paulie was there you nice. know so that was my really that was my exposure to the big boys and i came home from that saying hey we finished in the middle of the pack with a beater cj7 let's go that was fun let's do another one and then we kept doing good, and pretty soon we ended up doing. I think he had like six events, and we did five out of six of them, and we finished second in points. Oh, that's awesome. Matter of fact, we edged out Jason Pauley in the point series there. That was pretty cool. Excellent. Excellent. At the very last event. And that's when he had his first uh, Twisted Buggy, his original,
0: the Matrix. Did he call it a Matrix? No, he
1: didn't uh, call it a Matrix. What was the name the of the Matrix? came his later.
0: Yeah, I, I just I don't remember what he called the first. Yeah, one. he built that The Matrix debuted at Supercrawl. He built it for Tracy during that season, actually. Yeah. The. Uh, so, so then, when was the first time you came out and competed with us at uh, at We Rock? You remember? I think it was two thousand five, but I'm not sure. Yeah, that was my first year with We Rock. We started with Cal Rocks in two thousand and one. Yeah, and then, then we went. We went back east and helped uh, New Rock get started, and we did events. Started. Yeah, I did some of those. It started spreading events across the United States. Um, I remember the one event I, I do remember you at um, was there in Disney because um, I was going to ask I, if that was your event. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, that's. Uh, I think Derek West was there um joel randall's national championship uh-huh. market car was sitting some guy was driving it but watching and then of course our yeah. friend owns the campground there um mr complainer mr russ yeah, yeah. russ hogan he,
1: he's got uh he, he's got a fan club on mostly one side of the fence yeah yeah yeah. And, and he's always it. been good to me, but he earned every bit of what he has. You know what I mean? Yeah, Absolutely.
0: I remember yeah. him at that uh, that event there in Disney, um, just talking about how he was going to whoop the shit out of everybody and then uh, complained about the rear steer penalty and that we built the courses so that he had to take his wing off, which was going to affect his car, because um, Little Rich had built the uh, course that went under Right along the water and there was an overhang rock and his wing that he had on that that bumblebee or whatever the hell he called it wouldn't fit underneath that rock. So he had to take that off and then he got up on the podium and did his fifteen minute dissertation about how uh how we were uh and we did everything we could so that he couldn't win. And then I pointed out that you beat him by like 300 points or whatever it was so that it didn't matter if he, if I'd have given him all his rear steer penalty points back, he still yeah. would have been 200 points behind you. You know, at the end of the day,
1: a lot of people don't want to be measured because it's its no fun if you come up short, right? True. And that's, True enough. Uh, that's what we face. Everybody's a hero in their backyard, but you get out and,
0: yeah. That's one There's of the things that I, run, that I hate to see know. when – when when people sell their comp car, and then it becomes a trail car, and the guy the person that buys it, you know, goes it's like buying a, you know, a, a, a Formula One car and then go driving it, you know, on the city street. I mean, it's pretty crazy that you would you would take a car, you know, that's that is bred to do one thing, and then just go do something else with it. You know, it's it, I hate seeing that, but. You know, I know it happens. I know people want to be the best in their little pond, you know, the big fish and little pond syndrome. But, you know, eventually some of those guys, you know, do come out and compete. We know that uh, you just absolutely unloaded your your unlimited car and uh, taking a little hiatus. I I think you'll be back. But I won't even leave. I mean, I'll be around. I just might be around in a different way. There you go. Uh, Randy Randy's now talking about uh, competing he asked me if I'd let him compete in sportsmen in your car and I said well of course you've never driven before but you know so when we do the Texas event you know which may be before or after this this airs that'd be great I'd love to see him I was hoping he would and hell I might drive down for that I might judge for you or something well that would be cool yeah Um, yeah I was it was I, as soon as I found out that you he was one back on the grays who were, were judging me and, uh, and uh, <laughs> a I go get back at him.
1: <laughs> I'm just messing with you guys. they <laughs> will love that. Yeah. And, the, and uh, I could get back at Aaron too, but he doesn't drive anymore. He won't show up. So
0: actually, um, there, he may be coming back into, in fact, he is going to come back into the sport. Next year, yeah, because he showed up at he was at the Nationals, wasn't he? Aaron Sykes, no. He uh, he is going to be driving um, for um, Naazumi, okay, um, in Pro Mod. They're going to take the old uh, their old um, two seater that Naazumi and Masa raced at uh, King the Hammers, and they're going to turn it into strictly a Pro Mod car. And Masa is. uh, has decided to stop rock crawling. He wants to get into other forms of racing, and okay. he is. Uh, Neozumi still likes to compete, so Neozumi is going to um, to spot for somebody else. But Aaron and Kenny Rose are coming back. Yeah, so that'll be they'll be but they'll be under the, okay. the Neozumi. Those two are great together. It'll be fun to watch. Yeah, it will be. It'll be great to have him back, and you know, Tacoma always likes to give Kenny a hard time about you know otter rescues and everything else. You know, it's just something for him to keep talking about. But so, yeah, we we don't want to yeah. see you go away for good. So hopefully, you come out and judge, or and eventually, I know you'll get the bug again and want to compete. It'll happen. We'll see. So we we kind of jumped ahead there. I know that you, uh, like you said, about 2005 you came out and and competed with us, which would have been right around that, 2004, 2005, when we did Disney. I think we did Disney together. Globe was one of the earlier events I did with you guys. Right. Globe was 2005. Yeah. And then the year after, too, I think. Yeah, 2005, 2006. And then we did the World Championships there in uh, Henderson. Did Vegas, you come
1: up? Yeah, yeah. Right okay. in the casino parking lot. Yep.
0: Those were some brutal
1: courses. Yeah. Actually, that, was, that was the first time I met Jessie Combs. She was uh, she was driving in one of the what do you call it? The the funny the little rhino off road cars. Yeah, she was driving a rhino in the celebrity thing there, and I spotted for her. Yeah. Oh
0: nice. First time I met her. Yeah. It's a good girl. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's a shame that we lost her. Absolutely. I know at one time I probably made a, a bunch of calls that you didn't like as a marshal at some of the events. I can think back to one. It yeah, it happens. I mean, you're in enough competitions, calls are going to go one way or the other. And if they go, yeah, not the way of the driver, normally it leads to a discussion. I thank you for always being level-headed um, during those discussions. Unlike some of the others, I, try. I, I, I think the I funniest the funniest one that I can remember, though, there was a rollover in Dayton, Tennessee. And Kyle swore that you got that when you went out of bounds, you got back in and that not, you know, not even half the car went out of bounds. You know, it wasn't even close to half. And the judge that was Russ and he said, no, no, we not. You know, you were out. I was watching from a distance and said you were out. You said you You're were not fine. allowed to use video. You're not allowed to use video. Yep. So that's your rule. Yep. That's right. So we, uh, which video wouldn't have helped because <laughs> when uh, Kyle, was, you. yeah, well, it, no, it 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 vindicated me because Kyle was telling me, I don't know how you can sleep at night, you know, and just trying to just trying to bag on bad. And it was he I was kept laughing up. and I said, Kyle, you know, I sleep fine at night. I know that I made the right call then the vi- somebody posted the video online and i think you had like about 3 inches of one tire still in bounds and the boundary tape was like at your your bull bar your push bar front bar and uh bumper area it must have it, it must have moved i think yeah, it was it was the wind <laughs> but uh i said i i posted that video and tagged Kyle you know i was like hey Kyle <laughs> so uh <laughs> I really enjoyed you guys competing, and you know you you were always a real stand up competitor you loved you loved the gray areas, but you uh that's racing. oh yeah, it is and uh but you always did it uh you always did it with honor you know there's there's some people that do it without honor you know if you turn your back you you think that they're stealing your vehicle or something you know pretty much yeah. So, yeah, so what was that. the, well, in the rock crawling during your rock crawling career, what was the, the biggest, what was, what was the, the time that, that haunts you the most that, that you wished, you know, something would have gone the other way or, you know, there was a breakage or, you know, a mistake made or something like that, that, that really haunts you, you know, is there, is there anything like that? Well, there's a couple of things.
1: I mean, you just described one of them, that day in Tennessee, I went from second to fourth in a nanosecond. You know, that kind of hurt. Yeah. Um, So we got a little bit of that. Uh, There was a go-fast race a long time ago where I got T-boned because the other driver came across six lanes and never saw me there. He realized, or he mistakenly thought he was supposed to hook right, but that was not the case. and (laughs) So that took me out of that race early, but that was a go-fast race. You know, it really hurt at Farmington this year for the Nationals um, when I lost my front end on day two. There was was a lot of climbs on day two, and and we were looking forward to those. And there were climbs that we had done some of them before, and I was confident we could one-shot them. And when I heard the the teeth making ugly noises, I was like, eh, well, here we go. We're done. So that was real disappointing. I don't know if you call that a mistake. Um, Biggest things I hate is when you you get amped up and you lose – track of time you spend too much time messing around with one cone and next thing you know you probably took it anyway and uh, yeah oh yeah i know a good one this year out at um pennsylvania and we ended up losing to dean and danny at the end but there was one particular course where kyle and i told ourselves we can get around that cone let's push ourselves let's test we know we can get around that cone we're getting better at this Let's do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. We'll get around that cone. Well, we got around that cone, but taking that line put us in a hole that was just perfect to swallow our car, and I just never got out of that hole. We screwed around, and we killed six minutes o'clock there after we got around that cone. We're all proud we got around that cone, but it put us in a really ugly place. And then the people running after us said, yeah, don't make the mistake they made. Just take that cone and keep going. It sets you up better for the rest of the course. And we didn't see the ugly setup that would result from going around that cone you know and our pride said let's get around that cone we need to push ourselves and develop our talents you know I guess we showed we know how to get around the cone but we threw the course away
0: you know do you remember the uh, shootout in That's Indiana fun. with Danny Roar that the one where I handed the race to Danny yeah Is that yeah.
1: the one where I That's went up the, the start gate.
0: gate yeah yeah that was that was one yeah that was painful
1: yeah, absolutely yeah. right. And and a lot of teams have made that mistake, and a lot of teams will make that mistake. It's, it's really easy to get amped up and, and forget that, you know. And especially I, I think in those days, the start gates and the finish gates kind of looked the same, so it was even easier to make that mistake. I think correct. They, they were the, the same color, color just color. different
0: sizes. But uh, now yeah. I've gone to different okay. colors to hopefully eliminate that. But it still yeah. happens.
1: Yeah, that's,
0: that's painful as hell. Yeah. It really is. So uh where's is there what's the time in your rock crawling history that you're the most proud of? You mentioned New Rock earlier. Uh, there was an event in I think 04
1: in Indiana at Badlands. Shoop was ahead of us. He's funny as hell. Yeah, he's running his mouth at the bottom of the course. He's watching us do our last course and he ran it and he knew he got a lucky bounce. That could never be replicated, and that's the only way he got around that one cone on this ledge. And it was something where you had to come down a ledge, load around, or, or back down it and shoot up it either way. and But it was the only way to get around that cone, he thought. And so he's running his mouth, collecting his prize money already down at the bottom of the hill. And I know this because my crew's standing right next to him, and he didn't know who my crew was. <laughs> and chuck and i came up with a plan and back then spotter ropes were free and there was a, a pine tree at the top of the hill had about a base and we went down this was in my old skinny car that kind of looked a little bit like a sprint car we went down that thing had the volvo portal axles that had the whole 30 degrees turning radius and we side hilled this hill splitting the cones so we didn't have to drop off the ledge and go back up the ledge because we side-hilled it. And Chuck had a spotter rope wrapped around the top of my cage, and he had it spun around the tree twice, and he's leaning on it. So he had a very controlled hang-on-to-Kenny thing going on. And it was like Wiley e. Coyote where I'm on the edge of the cliff and little rocks of pebbles are pushing out from my tires and bouncing down. And as we're starting to execute this, and we're going in and out of front only and all that stuff, so it doesn't push. And we're starting to pull the turn off, and all of a sudden Kenny stopped going. Oh shit! Stopped running his mouth, and he realized he was about to lose the race, (laughs) lose all that prize money. Back then, prize money was pretty good. I think it was about thirty five hundred for the win. Um, And yeah, and and we took that, you know. And that was just a a smaller race, but it was a big moment, and it was you know a really big moment because Kenny and I always had a lot of trash talking going on back then he's a great person to race with so
0: yeah he was uh shoopy was was quite the character one yeah. other character that was in our sport danny danny
1: yeah after hours character right there man oh yeah and you have no idea what's going to happen yeah
0: yeah he's the think, spooning capital of indiana i think <laughs> i think that uh Teams were on the second morning. If you showed up on site and you saw Danny Roar sleep in his in his tidy whitey somewhere in the grass, you knew you were in trouble. He always did better when he was hurting the next day than when he was not. You're exactly right. He he was on. He was on if he got a little wild the night before.
1: Yes. And uh, God bless him. I don't know how he did it, but man, we got some stories there.
0: Yeah. (laughs) We'll have to visit with him too and uh, get the stories. Yeah. If he'll, if he'll share, because I'm not sure if,
1: uh, if his wife even knows
0: all the stories. (laughs) They're kind of PG-ish at the end of the day.
1: They're kind of PG-ish.
0: Yeah, they are. They are. So, uh, what are you going to do now that you've uh, sold the car? Uh, you know, I got a few projects
1: here and there. Um, I bought a side-by-side. Never thought I would, but I did. I've been yeah. enjoying that. So that's that's a good transition plan for the withdrawals and and there's guys like Kevin Reimer was like, "You know, I really love this thing when he got one and I was laughing at him and here I am now I have one." You know, my biggest thing is I have to not drive a like rock crawler um, because I know they're not really made for that. And I don't want to shred stuff and work on stuff. I just want to go wheeling and have fun. So that, that takes a little bit of discipline. I'll get into boating a little bit more. Um, my Shelby has a rear tire problem that I probably will keep going. Uh, the rear tires don't last too long on that. I enjoy the water <laughs> um, So, I mean, I got enough toys to do some things that keep me smiling, you know. I just fabbed up a little trailer for the side-by-side. I got a – somebody wants one for their side-by-side, so I'll probably make up a little trailer on the side, keep that going. And you never know. I might, I might get bored and build something again. I might not, or I might just team up with some other people to ride. You know. Um,
0: yeah.
1: There's always somebody that's looking for a spotter, or somebody looking for a judge, or you can scout, you can crew. There's a lot of things you can do. Um, Absolutely. But I'll have an easier, easier time. I got a good friend that's uh, racing one of the. I don't even know what class it is. It's basically a built-up Wrangler. Baja, the desert stuff, and he's been wanting me to go out and help him out. So I'll probably do that sometime. Uh, that'll be an experience. Check him off the bucket list.
0: So you've not been to Baja to race yet?
1: I have not. I've had a couple opportunities and, and never quite put it together. So, yeah, it's time to do that.
0: That's definitely a bucket list. Yeah. yeah. I would um, encourage I would encourage that. There's uh, There's some things to remember when you go down there. Like if you're going to use uh, the bank ATM, go into a bank to 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 use the ATM. Don't use the freestanding one that's on the corner somewhere. Correct. Because there's always there's always uh, scoundrels around that'll try to uh, try to get your money out of you, and Correct. without actually robbing you, but they just work you over so fast that you don't even know what happened, and they end up clearing out your account. We had a a kid that came racing with us when we were, when we were helping out Schaefer and uh, Mike Schaefer and one of the kids down there went to this ATM and the guy, uh, he put it in, put his code in and his a guy walked in right away and said, Oh, Hey, you know, that doesn't work. Let me, you know, let me show you the one that works. So he pulled his card out, but he never shut the program off. So uh-huh. the guy was able and the code was already in there. So the guy's partner walked in, emptied his bank account or whatever the max was that day. And that was like all the kid had in his account. And so, yeah, he got, just be careful with that. Those are the professionals out there. Oh, they are, especially down there. They're, you know, they're, they're hungry. i tell you the story.
1: I'm the guy that doesn't use an ATM. Uh, I did when I was in my twenties, when I moved to Florida and I discovered the only time I was using it was like 2 o'clock in the morning. and It was probably time to go home. So <laughs> I stopped doing it.
0: Very wise. Very wise. Yeah, I don't, we don't use the ATMs as well anymore. I use a card only for, for gasoline mm-hmm. and uh, for like the Jeep or the pickup truck. But the, uh, the semi, we only pay cash because um, yeah. we don't want to see that bill at the end of the month. You know, Correct. with a trips back and forth across the country, so sure. we we'll make sure we have cash for that. Of course, I have to warn Shelley the day before that when I fill up, and you know, say, "Hey, I'm going to need that 700 or 800 bucks to fill up the truck," because yeah. she, she doesn't like buying gas. It's like tires. Yeah. So I th- I thought of
1: another really cool moment that Brandon still remembers. Um, 2002. I think we were in Aztec running an event and um it was my second event with hazel and it was the morning of day two and everybody had spreadsheets and they were looking at them brandon and i were just hanging out in the cj7 eating something and talking and he was a little in you know um what was he nine years old eight years old and over to the right there was uh oh man what was the guy from durango um you know who i'm talking about yeah, Steve Remore. No, Well, he was one of them, but uh, the, the other guy raced a lot. Uh, John, he had a. Wagoner? Uh, no, nah, it'll come to me. He had a, a nice tube chassis then that had sticky Mickeys on it. And uh, so anyway, he was over there and uh, he had that Hummer car for a while. BFG auctioned one off to look just like it. You know who I'm yes. talking about. Um, Johnny G. Yeah, Gilliland. Yes. Yeah, Johnny Gilliland. So he was he was there, and uh, Jason Pauley and Tracy and Don Robbins, and they're all talking and looking at this spread spreadsheet, and they're laughing they're looking at each other, and then they're all kind of going like, one of them points at me and Brandon and our CJ7. And they were trying to figure out who this guy was on the score sheet that was running right up there with them. Because <laughs> um, nice. I was a nobody. I was an absolute nobody. And after that, First day we had a really good day and we were near the top of the spreadsheet and those guys suddenly knew who we were
0: that's awesome big deal yeah you know not this this last year this year but the year before 2018 nationals in farmington johnny g was there i remember seeing him i talked to him yeah yeah that was kind of cool it was cool yeah uh, he i brought his kids like i remember that. yeah it was uh his kids and are now you know big I asked him if he was jonesing and wanting to come back out and compete. And he goes, you know, watching this, I'm uh, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. So I was hoping we would see him. But, you know, he's uh, probably been away long enough to where he's smartened up. <laughs> could be. It could be. <laughs> I know he's been desert racing. So that go fast. That's, bug.
1: For him. that's a different kind of budget, though.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's why I became a promoter. I was uh, eventually, I'd lived in Cedar City and we were uh, we were trail riding. I was the club president there. We were wheeling with Craig Stump up in Delta, Utah. We were getting ready to, uh, to have an event at the ARCA coming into Cedar City and we helped uh, help ARCA get in there and get the, the contract with, you know, their permit with BLM and everything. And then mm-hmm. we got the BLM to give up that property there at Three Peaks to the county as a county park. We pushed for that along with the, the equestrian people and the mountain bikers and all that kind of stuff. But we used to do big cleanups out there at Three Peaks. And um, that. one of the events at that first ARCA event, there was a guy, um, Randy, from Northern California – and we were talking and he goes, man, if you ever move back out here and want to put on an event, move back to California and put on an event, I've got a great location. And so, uh, after watching what everybody else was doing, Hazel and, and ranch, we, uh, I decided, you know what, hell I could do this. So yeah. we moved back. When I moved back to California, I went and started Cal rocks the same time that Craig started U rock. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I did, uh, I did an event that put up or shut up. The first event was November 2001, and then our first season was in 2002. But right away, yeah. I mean, I had no plans to go outside of California or Nevada. And then right away, I was asked to put on events elsewhere. My idea was, you know, have, have travel, we'll, tra- we'll, tra- you know, we'll, put, we'll travel. So we started right. bringing the events closer to the driver's instead of just saying, no, we're only going to do California or Utah, you know, or Arizona. So it was, it was a good move and I've enjoyed it, but I realized that I was helping a buddy and we were going to, I was going to spot for him and he was going to drive. And I realized there was no way that I could afford to build my own car on the money I was making there in Utah. And it was like, you know what. Nope, ain't happening. I'm not going to ever build a car. So I decided to become a promoter thinking I could, you know, get parts, make deals, that kind of stuff, and uh, eventually build a car, a buggy. Well, 19 years of doing this, I still have never owned a buggy. What's happened? Little figured it out. Huh? Yeah. He sold a lot of the things that I owned to do that. <laughs> but no, he didn't <laughs> He flung deals on his own and stuff. And then I had some old junk cars around. And, you know, he said, Hey, what are you doing with that? I said, Nothing. He, Can I have it? Sure. And then he'd go scrap it or sell the parts off of it or trade something. And next thing I know, he had yeah. that, he built that, that KOH car that he did. And uh, I remember that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was. No, we were all giving him a hard time the last time we saw him because his car looked better than it ever had. And
0: it was like, Hey, what happened? Who
1: started working on your car? <laughs>
0: Actually, he's gotten better at that stuff, but uh yeah he yeah he gets a lot of wheeling in now, living down there in sand hollow He does I'm happy for him that's good so tell me tell me about your
1: boat oh it's uh it's a mild one, but it's fun it's uh it's a thirty one scarab uh ninety seven vintage a couple of black five o twos they're mild um, I put some exhaust on it just because I felt like it at the time. Uh, but it's the devil that I know. It's uh, it's reliable. It's dialed in. Uh, it's not the fastest boat around, but it's a little bit like dirt riot stuff. Um, I'm, get on the right bodies of water around here that get really sloppy on the holiday weekends or any busy weekend, and you're going through a lot of slop and chop and cruiser wakes, and you're reading the water and running that thing at 30 to 50 is an absolute blast. And you get some air time, and you're. You get talent at flying the car level or the boat level, and, and landing it, and you know, and you're going to places, and you're hanging out with people, and there's some scenery involved and libation, and it's a good time, you know. And, and you can bring a bunch of friends with you in one shot. It's not like, oh, do you have a two seater or a four seater? No, I can put six or eight people in the boat. Let's go have fun, you know. So Sweet. there's
0: there's a lot of good that comes with that. One of these days, I'm going to find a free free time and come out on the water with you. You got to. It's a good time. Yeah, it sounds like it. I've missed the days of the lakes. Yeah, never. I never, never actually owned a boat myself. My dad had a an old sixty two Glenel missile flat bottom wood boat mm-hmm. with a big motor in it that would do you know do over a hundred. And then we had a. Uh, I worked for a guy that had a a Sea Ray open bow twenty six or twenty eight foot something that. Uh, had an in and out and nice little lake boat, you know, for like cruising after work and stuff and go swimming. That was, that was probably the funnest boat. Yeah. What I, what I always remember from them is it's a big, it's like having a big drain in the middle of the lake, you know, and you just throw your money into it. But that's, you know, that's, that's also a Jeep or any, it's it's
1: all relative. I mean, you got to look at how many hours of fun do you get out of how much money and labor you put into it. Correct. It's
0: just max. Yeah, and if you've got a boat that's uh, that's reliable, that helps. Yeah, I mean it's it's
1: reliable. It's paid for. That's part of with of having a slower boat. Slower boats are reliable. You know, if you're going to yeah. be the guy that has to tune and tweak, you know, and the outdrives are like a Dana 30 or a Dana 44. You know, if you go above maybe 500 horsepower per motor, and and you hang the boat out in the air. You're asking for trouble. You know you're going to be snapping stuff. Then you got to buy the Dana sixty outdrive. You know, or it's it's a slippery slope, right? How fast you want to go? How much money you got? So fair enough. It's it's all relative. But I mean, I'm getting to the point where I like reliable. I just want to shine it up and put some gas in it, change the oil once in a while, and go have fun. And, And I don't want to be having to replace a tranny in two weeks while I have business trips between events and stuff. You know, that's, that's part of my recent decision makings too. You know, it's just, uh, after a while it gets to be taxing. So right. I'm, I'm leading towards fun things that are a little bit less uh, labor intensive and let's just go have fun.
0: Get it. I get it completely. Yeah. Tell me about the Shelby.
1: Well, Shelby's a lot of fun. And anybody who's never heard of you gotta go on YouTube and hear the flat plane crank videos because man, they're just they make music and it spins to 8250. It's it's a really good track car. Uh the Ford Shelby GT 350. Uh they're just coming out with the gt 500, which is more of a straight line car. The 350 is built to be a track car. There's a track not far from here. I'll probably take lessons this summer. You know, it's 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 a six speed close ratio. One through five, fifth is direct gear. So you got a lot of gears, you know, you're wah, wah, wah. it spins to 82.5, 500 horsepower. There's not a lot of torque on the bottom, but it sure winds up nice. You can supercharge them or twin turbo them. And it's just a matter how crazy you want to get. And so far I've avoided doing that. We'll see how that
0: works. <laughs> as soon as you get to the track <laughs> the next weekend, that'll change. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We'll see. I know um, you, <laughs> but it, it's a lot of fun to drive. And I, and I,
1: mine's a daily driver and I use it like a pickup truck. I haul parts in the bed, you know, in the back of it. Um, it's usually dirty, but when I get to work, I'm smiling cause I just had a good ride in. And, and when I come home from work, I'm smiling cause I had a good ride going home. It purges what it needs to purge, you know? Yep. I can get on the on ramps and bring it up to a hundred and lift to fit into traffic, you know? And sorry, Barney, if you heard that, but yeah, um,
0: it's just it's a hundred kilometers 100 yeah kilometers. let's go with that let's go with that <laughs> yeah. so uh do you still have a motorcycle i do um good reliable older harley um i say
1: older it's 2014 it's fuel injected and has abs and the fuel injection means it's easier to do a lot of things and abs means it might save my life one day if i'm driving a little too fast or somebody else does something stupid but I respect the bike. I, it's a cruiser. I drive it like a cruiser. I don't twist hard unless I'm going in a straight line. I'm very aware of my surroundings. Knock on wood so far, so good, you know. But it's good for the soul. And, and I talk about selling that too. But then they one ride cures you, and it's like, no, I need to keep this. That's
0: <laughs> fun. Let's see. I think we've hit just about everything that you drive or own. The decision to get to sell the the portal car. Well, what? How about the decision from going from pro mod to unlimited? Was that because of the number of cars that were competing out west, or it was a couple of things? It was, um,
1: you know, you want to run against the better talent. There's that. Unlimited cars were making a comeback in numbers, and for a while it looked like there was going to be some significant media opportunities with unlimited car. Uh, so I wrestled. At first, I was going to convert the pro mod, and then. Decided to just go ahead and build a car, um, and then I had to wrestle with the decision: Do I build something like Jesse's Moonbuggy Prickle, or like what he built for Cody Wagner, um, and be absolutely as competitive as can be, or did I make a decision like Dave Wong and say, mm, "I want two seats." And you know, in the end, I gave up competitive advantage so I could have two seats and eight spark plugs, and. You know, was it strategic for the race course? No. Right? Unless you want to say it gave me a built-in excuse to not always podium. But was it strategic for resale? You bet. The car had some sex appeal. It made the right noises. It had some notoriety. Good car, you know, and I'll miss it because uh, it's,
0: yeah. Yeah, Randy, Randy sent me a message. Like, what do you think? You know, is this is this a good car? And I told him straight up, yeah, it's it's got all the good parts, all the cool stuff for what he's wheeling and what he's used to wheeling. You know, full body vehicles um, that were built very well, and yeah. he's a good wheeler for those with those rigs. It'll be interesting to see to see him out there at Katemsi, you know, with that Absolutely. rig. I know he's already rolled it.
1: Yeah, I saw that. <laughs>
0: you know, I told him, I said, you know, if you think about it.
1: I don't think I could name any two seat car more competitive in the rocks. Can you get a couple that are just as good, you know, and Dave Wong drives the hell out of his and, and it's yep. the same chassis. And, you know, he's got some good seat time and good spotters and he does extremely well with it. So arguing, but it's the same car. I just, I can't think of any two seat crawler that's better in the rocks than that car, the way it works, especially when everybody's, on their game and doing smart things instead of stupid things. You know? True.
0: Stupid things sometimes. Cool. So, uh, anything else happening in your life now that's uh, that you want to share, or is there? Uh, how's work going? I know that you're work working. Good. Working work good. out in Europe, is aren't you? I'm sorry. The company you work for is based in Europe. Yeah, it's based in Europe, it's Lufthansa,
1: it's the national airline of Germany, but we're the largest independent, independent means like not Boeing and not Airbus, we're the largest independent maintenance provider in the world for airplanes. So pretty much every airline in the world is our customer in one way, shape, or form. So I do tech support for our business in the Americas been doing it for about six years it's fun you know i mean there's days that really kick your butt but most of the days are good days and i enjoy it. uh so that's good uh love life is up and down you know that's always a fact of life you know absolutely so uh, but that, that gets interesting and and i've made some fantastic friends out of that and that's awesome too and uh i don't know am i in am i in a move to florida to navarre beach where i used to live uh, I think there's a good chance that'll that'll pop pretty soon and that's been part of my master plan too is just to position myself to be ready to do that when I want to. that'll be a good place so, to have uh, the boat I've got some good friends down there uh, I lived there for five years it'd be a good place to have the boat yeah I figure I can get another five years out of my existing boat and then I'd probably buy an outboard boat that's made more for salt water I'll have fun that for that one in the meantime but so that'll probably happen
0: um yeah that's the main thing right there. I mean there's still a lot of good years we just got we just got back off of uh being in SEma. Uh, how many years did you make it to SEma? uh I've probably been five times and participated with the race car
1: three or four times.
0: Nice, so that was all good uh, that that's a zoo. <laughs>
1: Yeah, actually, I think i participated with a race car four times. There was a few events there, and, yeah, I remember meeting Chip Foose there one year. That was kind of cool, you know. Did you a little rock buggy on the hood of my racer? Nice. Um, but, yeah, I mean, seems – I've done it enough where if I went once every 10 years, I'd probably be okay with that, you know, but <laughs> it's still cool, but I don't mind just seeing all the pictures and videos and media later.
0: I have these yeah. canned questions. Let me see if there's anything that we didn't hit. No, nope, I guess not. That's that's about it. Um, what do you think of uh, Jake and Caleb Good in your old Mod car this last year? I think they had a really interesting season. First off, it's great that they did it. Came
1: out of retirement, more or less. Yep. Uh, fa- father and son is always awesome. There was a few pickups through the year that were unexpected and painful. I think he lost a motor early. Um, and it was a fresh motor and, you know, we knew that we had enough time on the fresh motor to know it was good, but then again, he ended up losing it and having to replace it. So that hurt. I think, uh, it was a transmission trouble towards the end of the year too, but, uh, they had a good year. They really learned the car. They had some dumb moments and they had some victorious moments and that's what it's all about, especially getting back into it and the father son learning a new vehicle together and everything. And uh, so, I think it's awesome for them. And uh, now they're on to other things, building another car. And I, I think that'll be great for them.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. They're, they're building, from my understanding, an Unlimited. So,
1: yeah, uh, they, they bought one of Jesse's chassis and they're building some portal axles. And uh, I think
0: Unlimited is going to become a a Jesse Haynes. Uh, um, spec class? Spec class. Yeah. yeah. There you go. yeah. Largely. Largely. You know, and,
1: and that's good. Good for him.
0: Yeah. I agree.
1: He's talented and uh, humble and, and makes a good product. Yeah, it's good for the sport. Yeah. So.
0: Awesome. Well, yeah, I wanna- I'll probably show up at a race or two with Jake and family. We'll see. Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be great. Um, yeah. I want to thank you for uh, for spending the time. I know we, we meant to do this like a week and a half ago, and uh, I didn't get to where I needed to get to fast enough. I've been uh, – since the end of the season – Shelly and I have had like four days off where we haven't been traveling, and all four of those days I spent with my parents. So well, you gotta do that. Uh, yeah, we. Th- that's what this week, winter is going to be about is spending time with with my parents. But I uh, want to thank you for coming on and for being a great competitor and friend. You know, um, I want to say uh, thank you for just being Kenny Bloom and being a great representative of our sport, and you know, being somebody that others could look to and hope to emulate well thank you appreciate it all right you take care and uh we will talk to you later on and and maybe uh, get you back on to see where things are going with your life from from now on all right we'll be in touch have fun okay. thanks bye if you enjoy these podcasts please give us a rating share some feedback with us via facebook or instagram and share our link among your friends who might be like-minded Well, that brings this episode to an end. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll catch you next week with Conversations with Big Rich. Thank you very
1: much.